What would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? If you had all the money, all the time, all the knowledge, all the resources that you needed? What would you do with your life if you simply knew that anything was possible for you? My name is Christina Carlson, founder of Global Swedish Design and stationery brand Kiki K, and author of the book Your Dream Life Starts Here. And I love exploring these sorts of questions to inspire people to dream. Before I started Kiki K, I had a dream that I could bring Swedish design to the world to create beautiful products that bring sparks of joy into the everyday lives of millions. Now that I have achieved that dream, I want to help you dream big. I want to create a global movement to inspire 101 million dreamers to transform their lives and transform the world in return. Each episode, I'll be talking to some of the world's most inspiring people, exploring the powerful impact that dreaming has had on their lives. We'll be diving deep into the power of dreaming with real insights and ideas that you can use immediately to build a dream life of your own, whatever that means for you. Hello and welcome to this week's episode. This one is really close to my heart as I initially met this week's guest, Kate Morell, a few years ago through a competition we ran at Kiki K, where we asked people to share their childhood dreams with us. Kate's childhood dream was to be someone other children could look up to and to inspire other children with disabilities just like her to live their life to their fullest. We were all so inspired by this that we offered Kate a mentorship and we have been friends ever since, helping each other dream and chase dreams as well as inspire others. Hearing impaired since the age of two, Kate learned she was also going to be vision impaired as well as the age of 15. She has been diagnosed with Usher syndrome and was told she would gradually lose her sight and be totally blind by the time she was 40. Kate has now passed 40 can still see and is a total inspiration to us all. She also refers her diagnosis as a kind of blessing, reminding her she needed to embrace life to its fullest, which is just amazing. After realizing the one thing she would miss the most if she lost her sight would be sunsets, she sent an open invitation to the world to share as many sunsets with her as they can. And the hashtag Sunsets for Kate was born. Kate inspires me so much through her dreaming and her strength, and I hope you will also find inspiration in this episode, where you will hear her incredible story, as well as the power of vulnerability and sharing ours with the world. A reminder to ask yourself, how would my younger self feel about how I'm living my life now? The power of dreaming big and recording your dreams down where you can see them all the time how our dreams can inspire others and help them see the world in different ways. That the more you practice dreaming, the easier it becomes. The power of owning your story, no matter what it is. The importance of remembering life is actually very short, so make sure you are spending time doing what you love. That we all need to look within ourselves and embrace every part of our lives, even the not so great. And so much more. I absolutely love this episode and I cannot wait for you to hear it. So let's get right into it. (music) 
Hello and welcome, Kate. I cannot tell you how excited I am to have you on the show. Thank you, Christina. I'm very excited to be here too. We have so much to cover. But before we get into everything, what were your dreams for the future when you were a child? What did you dream about being or doing? Because I'm hearing impaired and vision impaired and going blind, back then I only knew I was hearing impaired and I wanted to, when I was older, to be someone that other kids like me could look up to or be inspired by. I didn't then know I was also going to go blind. So that's been this childhood dream that I've sort of ignored for years and years and years. (laughs) How was your childhood? You know, what specific challenges and triumphs did you have and how did you deal with them? Well, I was diagnosed with hearing impairment when I was two. So I went through the whole learning to speak in front of a candle because I couldn't hear sounds. Um, when my brothers were out playing, I had to have lessons at home with a teacher. But then I went to mainstream schooling and everything. But I did always feel different. I can remember in my head thinking, why are people treating me differently? Because I didn't feel different, but I was aware that I was treated differently. So, And I think that's what started that childhood dream of when I was older, I'll do what I can. Because I remember my mum telling me, she was told when I was two that I would never finish school, don't you know, have any high hopes for your daughter because she won't do well because she's deaf. <laughs> and that devastated my mother. But she met an older deaf girl and she just told me how much it made her realise, no, it's going to be okay. So that's why I was sort of like, well, when I'm older, I want to be that person for other kids' parents who have just had devastating news and probably think it's the end of the world, but it's not. I'm very inspirational for anyone who's dealing with anything like that Um Thank you for sharing. If you feel comfortable, can you tell us about Usher syndrome, what it is and how it has impacted your life? Okay, so I was born, I was diagnosed with hearing impairment. We didn't know anything about my eyesight until I was 15. All I was doing was going to the optometrist to get some contact lenses and then he sort of sent me out of the room and said, I want to talk to your mother. And my mum was in there for so long and sitting in the waiting room, I knew as each, I was watching the clock and each time the hand went around the clock, I thought this is just getting worse and worse and worse. And she came out quite upset and she said, oh, you know, he said, you've got tunnel vision and all of this stuff. And we're like, what? (laughs) So it was, I, I was not aware that my eyes weren't great. I knew I couldn't see well in the dark and I just thought that was something I wasn't good at, just like I was good at art, I was good at running, I just wasn't good at seeing in the dark. So I'd never brought it up with my parents. And had I, we might have sort of found out earlier. So anyway, we went to a specialist in Sydney and he diagnosed uh, retinitis pigmentosa is the eye condition. And he said, because of your hearing, it's most likely you have Usher syndrome. So that's basically, there's a few different ones, but the one I've got is I'm, I'm born with hearing impairment and I gradually lose my sight. At that meeting when I was 15, he sort of said, you can expect to be totally blind by 40. We walked out and when you're 15, you don't know much about anything except for school. So it wasn't such a big deal to me. But then when I saw my mum break down, (laughs) I just cried for her and I thought, oh, maybe it is a bigger deal. But I still don't think it's that much of a big deal. But now that I am an adult, (laughs) but just having that diagnosis sort of, change everything for me and it made me want to go out and do what I can could because I thought I only had a few years until I was 40. Just for your information I'm like 48 now and I still can see so it was a bit of a wake-up call to wake up on my 40th birthday and go oh (laughs) okay so 
yeah, but no regret because I raced out there and I travelled and I did my career. I sort of, in a, in a way, it was a blessing because it makes you do stuff that you might sit around and wait, sort of. No one has forever, but I sort of had that little bit of a clue that maybe I needed to get on with life a bit earlier. So there's only, I, the figure is about 400,000 worldwide. So from my, in my case, I'm gradually losing my sight. Others are born with perfect hearing and sight and lose both. So, yeah, it's a, it's a, a condition you've got to con- consistently adjust to and that's what makes it hard. You sort of grieve, go through a grieving process, accept where you're at and then you lose more sight and sort of that's very much ongoing. I love how you said that we all know that we don't have forever but you you knew that you might have a little bit shorter because of losing your eyesight. But I think it's such a good reminder for all our listeners that life is never going to be forever. And if we all had a little bit more urgency, we might be able to do more in life if that's what people want to do. But I think it's a really, really good reminder. It was a blessing because it may be, you know, when I see me compared to other people my age, I've travelled so much more and sort of, so I kind of like, even though 40 came and it wasn't the end of the world, <laughs> I'm sort of so happy with what I have done and I didn't miss out. That's wonderful. It's always a positive and a negative, yes, isn't that? Yeah. <laughs> so I would love you to share your Sunset for Kate project with us, how it came about and what it turned into. I wasn't being the girl that my younger self wanted me to be because I, Christina, I hid my, both my disabilities all my life pretty much. I knew I could get away with it. They're invisible disabilities. So if anything, people might have thought I was a bit rude or strange if I didn't hear them and answer to them or I bumped into them. But then I gradually approaching 40, I started going, I'm not the person my younger self wanted me to be. I liked living in a bubble. I liked doing all my achievements quietly, just getting on with it. But I thought that's not inspiring any young kid if they don't know who I am and what I've been able to achieve. And I I actually fell into a really bad depression approaching 40 because just the whole build-up of, oh, this is a year that I've been, you know, the last 25 years been dreading and, and not being open about my disability and also my sight getting to the point where I had to start thinking about, okay, I'm going to have to get a guide dog or use a cane. So I did then what I felt I should do and I did all this cane training. I, I'm a graphic designer, so I thought, okay, I can't be a graphic designer forever. What can I retrain as? Doing all of that just made me crash. <laughs> so I started writing a blog and through that blog I won a writing mentorship for writers with disabilities and my mentor was like, you know, you've got a publishable memoir in you and then I started thinking well that's great but I'm going to turn up to my book launch and no one's going to believe this is me because I'm not openly this person who is hearing impaired and vision impaired so first of all I came out to the world with my two invisible disabilities sensible me wrote a uh, press release and sent it out before silly me could go no 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 no, I don't want to do this so um, so I had the news over I was in the paper and like okay this is me and I invited people, I had to start using the cane, so I invited people to walk with me down the main street using my cane, or if that were too much, just to sit down and have a coffee and talk to me and see that I'm just like everybody else. It was successful in that it made me come out to the world, <laughs> but it seemed to scare people off a little, and I thought, oh, this is 
it's not who I want to be. I don't want to be this disability activist that's saying you should know about my condition and all this. So that's why Sunset for K came about was I was just sitting there with my husband at dinner one night and I said, I don't know why we started talking about it, but I said apart from seeing my husband and my kids and family, the thing I would most miss if, I always say if, you know, supposedly I'm losing my sight, but I don't like to say that. I say if it should happen, but it won't happen. Um, if I lose my sight, I would miss sunsets. And then it just came to me and went, you know what, I'm going to go and get the whole world to help me see a lifetime of sunsets. I worked out, hypothetically, if I went blind by 50 and I lived to be 90, that's 14,610 sunsets. <laughs> so I thought, you know what, I'm going to take back from Usher Syndrome something that it's going to take from me. And I'm sure a psychologist will say that's a power thing or, you know, I'm sure there's a explanation of why that's so empowering but it was just you know take that Usher syndrome you're not going to take this from me so I put a call out for people to share a sunset with me and I think well I'm well over that number now I stopped counting because it wasn't how I want to spend my days hunting for these sunsets sometimes they're really hard to find so I did ask Mark Zuckerberg on Facebook to help me you know I'm sure he can just click a button and find them all but I, he didn't answer me so so, yeah, so I've well and truly got all my sunsets and they still come in and all over the world and it's just been absolutely amazing. So what does that tell you about the power of embracing vulnerabilities? I'm sure you would have felt really vulnerable and I guess you just decided to do it and just start. It was all about owning my story and allowing myself to be seen, which I, I'm absolutely complicated where... You know, I want to be seen as me, but then I never allowed myself to be seen as me. And it was all with my husband and I had so many conversations of like, you know, you're a contradiction. Like you want to be seen, but you're not letting people in. And so this was me letting people in. And I was actually blown away by it. so many people behind the scenes, like direct messaging or emailing. So many people opened up to me with their stories or and that's what really blew me away. It's like you put yourself out there, others will come to you and share their dreams or whatever with you. And it was really moving. A lot of times I'll sort of read a message and I'd just be in tears because it was like, you know, this is me who used to live in a bubble and now suddenly I'm getting contact from people all over the world and they're sharing these deep, meaningful things with me and I feel so blessed and honoured that they're opening up to me like that. And, yeah, it's a real lesson in... I think you, you can be so afraid of the people who are going to tease you or bully you or be mean, but I think all the good people sort of counteract that so much more. It makes it worth it. Absolutely. Kate, I actually want to read you something. It's the first few paragraphs I've drafted of a story I'd like to write about you and include in my next book, if you're okay with oh, that. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I want you to tell me how you feel after I read it, but I will read it now. Okay. It was the most beautiful of sunsets, if there can be such a thing. The sky seems to surround us, limitless from the shimmering water to eternity, as the setting sun sank lazily towards the watery horizon and the magic of pinks, oranges, yellows, greys and blues were memorising. It was a tangerine dream. Our our 11-year-old son, Axel, was busily finding different ways to capture it. He's a passionate photographer 
and one who had dragged the family to the beach that Saturday night. And our eight-year-old old Tiffany ran long-legged around the playground, a pirate aboard her pirate ship, squealing with delight as she ran around the deck chasing new friends around the rigging. But something made her pause and she ran over where we were sitting, Paul and I basking in what was one of those beautiful family moments you want to bottle and cherish forever. That's a sunset for Kate, Tiff declared, as she often does, and our beautiful family moment was elevated to an even higher level. Her words, the catalyst for an instant share moment of heightened and beautiful gratitude, such a moment to treasure because our eyesight allowed us to see and feel it. That's just one of the gifts Kate's sunsets for Kate Morell is giving the world. Her dreams tied to the betterment of others in so many ways. You're making me cry. <laughs> it's absolutely beautiful. Ah, oh, thank you. <laughs> I love the way kids are embracing it. And it's the kids that are sort of saying to the parents, hey, look, which is that's what it's all about. It's, not, it's actually not about me getting my 14,610 sunsets. It's about people sort of going, oh, okay, you know, I can see this beautiful thing. I'm going to take a moment to take the mo- make the most of it. So oh, I love that Axel and Tiffany are embracing it too. And it, it's a beautiful moment of the day. So thank you. That's Beautiful, beautiful. <laughs> it's funny, there's a photographer here where I live and she said she sent me a beautiful uh, sunset photo with her two daughters and she said, you know, we can't just do sunsets anymore. We do sunsets for Kate. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> hopefully that stays with kids forever, you know, no matter how busy you are and how horrible life might seem or whatever, just stop and there is beauty there. So not all bad. That's beautiful, Christina. I love it. Uh, thank you. Your story has had quite an impact on our family and uh, I love hearing how your story is impacting other people's families as well. So how do you feel when you hear about the wonderful impact you are having on others? This is a better way to raise awareness, to get to people's, hit them emotionally and, and get them doing something and by looking at that sunset, you may sort of think, you know, imagine if we couldn't see or maybe imagine if we couldn't hear the birds or just being aware of it. I had a very beautiful sunset tag for me very early on and I, I wrote to the woman I said, oh, it was beautiful, it's beautiful. And then later I said, look, can I please use it? Because it just it was like a rainbow. And my project would have been sunsets and sunrises and rainbows for Kate, but it's too long. <laughs> so I was happy to have anything. But she let me share it. And then a few months later, I got a message from her daughter who she let me know that her mother had passed away suddenly and she just said she was so happy that you asked her if I could use her sunset. And it was just like, oh, to do that in the last month of someone's life. And it was, so it's even more special sunset for me. And I want to paint it and with his daughter to find me and just to tell me that, that's what made me burst into tears. And I thought, I'm, you know, I'm touching people's hearts. They're touching my heart. I don't even know these people. And it's so nice and so many people just, oh, I thought about you when I saw this or, yeah, it's really beautiful. I've been wanting to write about it for two years and I can't because I just can't find the words. It just, I keep getting blown away. It sort of took off on its own. It flew all over the world and I just did nothing. <laughs> so all I did was put out this dream and it, it just took care of itself. It was quite amazing and it's still going on. I'm not done with it. <laughs> 
Well, it's just amazing. I'm so inspired by your story at a very deep level and we talk about you very often and I absolutely love what you're doing. So I want to ask you about your dreaming journey because I know you're a very good dreamer. But before that, can you describe for us how life was in the year or so before you read my book? How were you feeling about life in general? How did you feel about the future? And did you have any clear dreams or hopes? Prior to turning 40 and having a little bit of a breakdown and everything, I was very good at knowing what I wanted and wanting to do or and just going out and doing it. So like when I travel by myself, solo backpacking, camping, I'm pretty fearless, sort of courageous person, but something happened when I was 40 that just crushed me and it taken me, so I'm 48 now, it's still, still there, but I'm finding my way back. But just prior to hearing about your new book and your, I think it was International Women's Day, and you just had to own your story, range come out that came into my inbox on the day I went you know what I've just got to own it I've got to live it because I was so okay so I'd come out with my disabilities I'd done sunset for Kate but I was still not being who my younger self needed me to be basically people don't understand it but others with such a syndrome sort of do where just getting out there and using a cane is the scariest thing in the whole world because I don't know, I can't explain it, but I've sort of run it by other girls who are like me and they're like, we get it, we get it, and say, good. (laughs) Could other people say, oh, just get on with it, just get out there and use it. So I was so lost and then I was not doing what my younger self needed me to do. I knew that I was putting together a memoir and I just before I came across you again and your book, um, I had put out a call. I'm like, you know, I'm looking for people to be inspired by. And then I realised, and I went looking, and then I realised I'm not going to find them because the people I'm inspired by are those who are quietly going about their thing, which is what you were doing in the background at that time. So, yeah, and the birthday before you released Dream Life, my brother and sister-in-law bought me all these dream stuff from your shop. So I had the dreaming thing sort of going on, and I did have a dream to own my story and be who my younger self needed me to be. I was out there, I've been writing on an international Usher syndrome blog. Most people with Usher syndrome in the world would know who I am. And But then I sort of stopped and went, I can't inspire kids when I don't have the guts to get out there and be myself. So that's what these last few years have been like, okay, I need to find myself again, find that courage that I used to have and let myself be seen. So so that's where you come into it. <laughs> for anyone listening, this is how we met. So this could be interesting for people to hear. So let's go back to the day you decided to enter the competition for a mentorship with Kiki K, which is how we first met. <clears throat> why did you actually enter? What did you hope to get out of it and, and why? Well, I think in my entry I wrote what my dream of my younger self was and I wasn't doing it and I needed someone to give me a big shove and go, come on, <laughs> you can do it. So it was really weird because I got the email with the own the story, your story and then I saw that competition and before I'd even entered it, I knew I had won it. I, not won it because I didn't win the major one but you still offered me a mentorship. But I just knew and I was just and I wrote what I wrote and put it on there and then yeah, I just entered because, I mean, 
you may not realise, because I was a Christmas casual in one of your stores years ago. Yeah, 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 yeah. Tiki K is my favourite place in the world because I'm a graphic designer and a topography freak and I absolutely love it. And that's, you know, with sunsets, it's beautiful design that I always miss, though I would all always going to a Kiki K store just to browse, just to take all that beauty in. So I have a very special place in my heart for Kiki K and that's why I wanted to work there one Christmas because it was an International Women's Day competition and you were also introducing me to all these other women who, you know, I was looking for people to be inspired by and you were sort of interviewing all these people and having a panel with them and it was just everything sort of opened up then. And, you know, there's something um, really valuable here for anyone listening is that power of writing things down and really visualising it and, and get on with your dreams and uh, things will start to fall into place. So my recollection was that out of our mentoring session, we stumbled on the idea of getting you the, to pre-read a copy of the manuscript for my um, Your Dream Life Starts Here before it was released. Can you remember how um, that came about and your first reaction to the concept of reading a book? about the power of dreaming and how to practice dreaming. I was ready to chase those dreams. And I think you said, what was I like the year before? I was so overwhelmed with, okay, I'd already hit 40. I've done, I'm really happy with what I've done, but I can do so much more. But I had so much that I wanted to do that I was overwhelmed and anxious. And it's sort of, it is a race against time. And I always say, it's never going to happen, but it's a real, it's such a juggling act to always be positive, but also not just sit back and let life go by because who knows, but you know, I could get hit by a bus tomorrow. It's nothing to do with my eyesight. So it's really hard to keep going with racing against time and however many years or days I have with eyesight. But all that I want to do, how do I get my head, you know, my, my dream, 101 dream list. Um, I'm into my second list. <laughs> There's so much. Oh, I love yeah, I've, I've gone into the second lot and then I've had to go, okay, let's get real. And there's not much I can cut. <laughs> so you you kept saying to me in that call, you know, you can do everything, but you can't do everything at once. And so you having a book that was going to go, it was the biggest thing was to put everything in there so I can relax about all the things I want to do because they're all written down it's not in my head anymore it's okay (laughs) I'm not going to forget them or they're all in a safe place it freed up my mind it stopped me panicking it stopped me being anxious and overwhelmed and it really grounded me so yeah it was brilliant like that I love that. I, you know, my my favorite exercise is the one hundred one dreams, and um, and I also have a few lists of them now because the more you dream, the more dreams will come to you, and you know, the more you talk about your dreams, the more people are sharing their dreams, and then you get inspired, and you just add to them. So it's a it's a beautiful, beautiful part of the of the dreaming exercise. What dreams hit paper on your first long list? Was there some dreams that you could share with us? I've traveled a lot. But there's some places I'd like to go with my family. I want. I, I think I was a very good world citizen or whatever you call good travellers, <laughs> you know, going to places off the track and respecting the locals. And I want my kids to be really good travellers, so I really want to travel with them and show them, you know, this is, you know, a youth hostel is fine and going to the deli and getting a piece of bread and cheese, that's fine. And, yeah, I'd, I'd really love to travel again I've traveled a lot but there's so much more to see so my husband from Cuba but he's not traveled elsewhere so 
love to do that. But things like I haven't gone back to art since doing graphic design for work. I haven't done art just for the hell of doing art. So that's where I sort of had an idea for sunsets projects, sort of painting some sunsets that I've got and writing over them or something. I had a big dream with Sunsets for Kate that I didn't quite get off the ground. It was very important for me that the project didn't come across as a sob story pity me because that's not a what not what it was. But on the side of calling for sunsets, I wanted to feature a sunset from someone somewhere in the world to show that even though I may not see sunset forever, I am better off with so many people. For example, the guys at Thank You gave me a sunset from somewhere in Indonesia where there's no water. Having photos of sunsets all over the world with all these different people is to show that we're all one, we're all under the same sun, we all belong together. And so that was one of the dreams. And all the other ones are sort of just to be the best that I can for my kids and and basically to own my story. So to stop hiding who I am and be proud of who I am and be who my younger self needed me to be, basically. (laughs) That's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing. I know that you came to our masterclass in Melbourne. Did you get more dreams on paper doing that masterclass? Because I know that um, I met someone um, who bought the book and then um, she came up with like three dreams uh, when she read the book and then she came to the masterclass and she just got so many more was that an experience that you had as well I was sort of blown away by the whole night but through the masterclass and through listening to podcasts and through the people who spoke at your masterclass it made me go you know what I'm not dreaming big enough (laughs) you know stop playing safe how did you actually decide what dreams to focus on because that's one thing that I think a lot of people uh you know it's the next step, obviously. So you do, you know, you dream first and then you decide on, on a few that you're going to make happen. So how did you decide what you focused on and and maybe are they tied uh, to the betterment of others in, in for you in terms of their Usher syndrome? The biggest thing was that childhood dream and that was for the betterment of others with the Usher syndrome because it was to be an inspiration for them and help guide them on their way. I didn't know anyone ahead of me who has Usher syndrome. So it's only 400,000 worldwide. I know when I was on TV once after a lady who was in her 50s got in touch with me and said, you are the first person I've ever come across that has Usher syndrome like she did. And I was just like, wow. (laughs) So that's the big deal. So to to realise my dreams as a young self, I realised doing my memoir first but, and from I chose that first because from that a lot of other dreams will come off the back of that, hopefully. I had one dream that I changed. <laughs> I kind of went, nope, not doing that, So, which is why I love your dream roadmap pad. So once you're writing a journal and like, I'm not committed to this, I've got a pad now, I can change it. <laughs> so the whole memoir and ongoing books I want to do sunsets for kids picture book sort of sort of mindfulness sort of theme like stopping and taking a moment for anyone listening what has the dreaming process how has that impacted your life to be honest it's pulled me out of depression really sort of so okay right here right now not great but in the future (laughs) I could work towards this you know move towards this so 
it's giving me focus. I think a lot of people with Archer syndrome despair because they don't know what to do. And so it made me go, okay, what can I do? You've got a very good exercise in your book, you know, imagine you die in three years or something and then it's one year. And I, that killed me doing that, but it was really good. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> I've wasted a lot of time through being depressed and whatever. I've struggled to get back and you feel like you've lost time. So this is sort of helping me get back on track and go, okay, focus, focus, just get going towards what you want. What do you say? If you don't have to be great to start, but you need to start to be great or something. So it's just progressing, you know, um, every, each day I'm closer. Whereas before I started this dreaming process, I was no closer. I was just sitting there waiting and my younger self was like, come on, what are you doing? <laughs> so, And that's what caused me to be quite depressed because I wasn't chasing my dreams. So it got me going. So you are a great example of a sharer through your Sunsets for Kate product. You have shared and inspired uh, tens of thousands of us. And I'll never forget when you bravely stood up at our Dream Life Masterclass in Melbourne in front of 1,000 people <laughs> and brought the house down as you shared your story in brief and your dreams. Uh, you inspired every single night that night. How did you feel sharing uh, your dream? I wrote down something and I was showing the two girls I was with, should I, should I? And they were like, yes, yes, nudge, nudge, because I, I needed accountability. I needed someone to give me that kick if I pulled out because it's very like me to go, I will, and then, oh, no, I won't. <laughs> so I wrote it down and I think I wrote, use my light to shine a light on Usher Syndrome so that kids with it will always see the light. I stumbled my way through it. And then I went, you know what, I'm hearing impaired, vision impaired, it doesn't have to be perfect. And so standing up and saying it, my heart would, I thought I was going to have a heart attack, basically. <laughs> and when Georgie sort of, I was sort of putting my hand up, sort of very, I'm very shy and introverted. So for me to stand up in front of a thousand people is just absolutely ridiculous. So, But when Georgie spotted me and sort of motioned for someone to give me a mic, I was like, oh God, here we go. And all I could think of was Paul's in this hall somewhere and he's probably going, come on, come on, you can do it, you can do it. So I had to make his mentoring sessions and yours worthwhile. <laughs> and so like, I'm going to stand up and do it. And then when Georgie mentioned my Sunset for Kate project up on the stage, I was just like, oh, my God. <laughs> so, And then people immediately were following me on social media and stuff. Yeah, it's worth standing up and it's completely out of my comfort zone. Like, no way in hell would I stand up and talk to her. <laughs> so you got me there. You, something about you, you've, you got me doing that. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. But, you know, it was, it was amazing to hear you share that. I was so, I was, I'm so glad you did. And, you know, I'm an introvert as well, so I could so relate. You know, being in front of the 1,000 people was absolutely out of my comfort zone. And um, uh, I can so really relate to it, but it was so great that you did. And um, I felt so proud. So well done you. So what does uh, living your dream life mean for you? And are you now living your dream life? I'm not there yet, but it means being yourself, allowing yourself to be seen. It's a simple common sense everyday thing that probably everyone in the world does. But <laughs> having spent a lifetime you know, there's reasons people with disabilities hide their disabilities. So for me, yes, I'm getting close to living my dream life and living my dream life will be changing the experience for kids with disabilities so that they don't feel they have to hide who they are. So 
got a lot of work to do on myself. And I'm inspired by so many little kids with Usher syndrome. I look up to them. So, yeah, so I need to sort of lead the way for them. Well, you're doing so well, and I think we all can take a lesson out of that because there's so much fear and, and um, you know, being out of our comfort zone that it, um, holds us back. So I think you are a very good example of actually getting out of your comfort zone. So thank you so much for sharing it. I absolutely have no doubts that what you're doing um, to these kids being an inspiration is unbelievably powerful. So Thank you. So, Kate, you mentioned in an email the other day that my podcast has been particularly useful for you. Tell me how that has been. Just listening to other people and their stories and how they've dreamed and, you know, in my everyday life, I don't sit down and have conversations like that. So I always pause and write something down. There's always some quote that they say that just hits me home and go oh (laughs) so what they're saying has absolutely nothing to do with me or my story but in every way I can relate yeah it's just it's just the inspiring aspects of it and with each one I just come away going okay if they can do that I can do this and it's very, very inspiring. I agree. And every time I do a podcast with someone, I just walk away feeling I can do anything. So so I'm so glad that they have been inspiring for you because I think we all, you know, we can have big dreams and um, and we all wanted to achieve them, but sometimes we do need some outside inspiration. And I think podcast is such a great way of, um, of getting a bit of a burst of um, inspiration. And um, then you go back to thinking, I can actually do this. Yeah. And I think if I did it all over again, I'd be listening to the podcast as I work through the book because it just reinforces everything and you're repeating things that are in the book and you can see what you mean and the two of them together look out well the 101 million dreamers are coming (laughs) thank you yes it's in front of me every day on my vision board so what advice have you got for our listeners on how they can jump into the driver's seat in their own lives and take control because you have certainly done that oh I don't think I'm a good example but I, I can say, you know, showing up and being vulnerable, it's not a weakness. It's not something that's going to attract all the trolls and the bullies and, you know, you just attract so much good by doing that. So I've made so many connections online with people who are supporting me. They don't even know me and they're like, look, we're on this journey with you. And, yeah, I think you just got to get it. If you share what you what your dreams are, People will come and help you, so you don't have to do it on your own, which I've tried I've tried to do my whole life on my own and keep everything to myself. And it didn't work because I crashed. <laughs> I didn't deal with that at all. So, And it was only when I started opening up that I've been okay. And a good example is every single winter I would get the winter blues without fail and I haven't had it since I launched Sunset for Kate. It's just like... It doesn't even, I used to think, oh, God, I think I'm getting the blues. And these last few winters, nothing. (laughs) So I think it's sort of, that has everything to do with getting my story out there, being honest with who I am and what I'm going through, and seeing thousands of sunsets where at the moment, you know, life is a bit grey and there's no sunsets. Well, I just jump online and if you scroll through the sunsets for Kate hashtag on Instagram, there's nearly 5,000 and that's just very, very calming just to scroll through and see all those beautiful sunsets and think, wow, someone had gone and taken this photo and tagged it for me. So that's the big 
step out of it sort of thing. Like, you're okay. <laughs> Absolutely beautiful. So what advice do you have for any of our listeners who may be scared to start dreaming or nervous to take the leap towards creating their dream life? Anything that will help them relate and see how they can apply your experience and learnings to their own life? I ran away from a dream for so long because it meant owning my story and letting myself be seen. But you know what? You can't run from your dreams. I tried. So don't bother trying. Like If there is something nagging you, just look into it at least. Well, at least write it down and see what you need to do to be able to do it. And then you can evaluate, well, yes, is it worth it or not? But you can't deny it. Sort of, It doesn't go away. <laughs> Life is to be lived and um, life goes so fast, even if you are young right now and you think life is going on forever, there will be an end to life. And um, I think to make the most of it is absolutely vital because we might only get one chance, who knows, but um, I feel like we should make the most of it. It doesn't mean you have to achieve massive things, but just really making sure that we do what we love and, and making sure that a few of our dreams are made a reality. So as you know, I'm such an avid reader, so I'm always interested to know, do you have a favourite book and why? I keep going back to Brene Brown's Daring Greatly because I still need to keep listening to her words and just hits home like when she says, because true belonging only happens when we present our authentic and imperfect self to the world. And that's me. It's like I never, ever belong. I tried to belong, tried hiding who I was, but I never, ever, ever was going to belong or fit in. And only when I went, okay, well, actually, <laughs> I have two invisible disabilities. That's the only, through doing that, that's when I found the Usher syndrome community and where I fit in sort of because prior to finding that I was looking at the deaf community and I didn't fit in there because I wasn't only deaf I was looking at the vision impaired community didn't fit there because I wasn't only vision impaired and I was sort of like where the hell do I belong so and also being an adoptee there's sort of a element of being alone in that sense that before I had kids I was the only blood relatives that I knew so nowhere did I look did I see people who looked like me or so just daring greatly is a huge one for me especially when I've got to get out there with the cane and I'm so fearful of only being seen as this deaf blind woman and that's why I'm trying to write my memoir to show look there's so much more to me than that and I always say see me as me you know forget my ears forget my eyes just see me as me but I also need to let people see me <laughs> so so yeah I love Daring Greatly by Brene Brown yeah it's a great book and um, and she's done so so much good work uh, to the world getting people out of their shell and um, living bravely really so um, thank you for sharing your favorite book I know you're a Kiki K fan already, but do you have a favourite product or Kiki K product or a favourite stationary product? I'll say everything. <laughs> when I moved away from the city five years ago or something, I went into Kiki K the day before the removalists were coming. I was just standing there looking around and the girl came over and said, you know, what are you looking for? And I'm like, I'm fine. I'm just I'm just standing here because I'm moving to a town where there's no Kiki K store. And she was like, oh, but it's okay. You can buy it online. Said, no, 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 no. Online is not good enough. I need to put my hands on them. I need to touch them. I, but I, uh, a couple of years after that, I was walking through our mall and I had a big, this big sign, Kiki K is coming. I was like, oh, my God, thank God. <laughs> you know, 
for teacher gifts at Christmas, I always do the little notepads and the pens and we're always giving those because they're useful and they're small and simple and, yeah. But, you know, everything. Sorry, I can't answer that. Thank you very much. You know, a lot of people say that they come in just to kind of really be inspired. And I love that we are able to um, to have an environment where people can come in and be inspired and hopefully think about their dreams and how, how they can live their life in a better way. So one last question for you. If you could go back to your younger self, say when you're in your late teens, what advice would you give yourself knowing what you know now? I think I've had to go on the journey that I've been on even though I've been rock bottom so many times. So I would say to her, yes, you will fall down rock bottom so many times. You will wonder when something is going to swoop in and pick you up, but know that it's you that's going to pick yourself up. You've got everything you need. It just seems to be the journey that you're going to have to take. It will seem really horrible at times, especially don't give up when you decide that you'd rather be dead than blind. Because just keep going, you will get there. And it's only just beginning now. So I will say, look, it's not going to be easy. Um, yes, I could say to her, just let people see who you are. But then I don't think I would be where I am now. So it's really tricky. It's, it's good to be able to look back at the really, really bad times and say, well, they were actually really, really good. So which is crazy, but I would so I, I just have to say, look, just keep going. <laughs> I love that and I think we can all learn from that uh, answer because I think so many of us wish we had an easy life, but who knows if we had an easy life, we might not have gone where we were going and we might not have um, realised so many things. So I think that is a beautiful beautiful answer and I love that you answered that way because I think what you're doing is just so incredible so I'm going to end the podcast here but by saying a massive thank you not just for all that you are doing to your community but also to everyone around the world who might just need a little bit of a reminder that there are sunsets every single day around the world and it's a beautiful time to um, reflect and stop and pause and realize how good life is regardless of what we're all dealing with because we are all dealing with different things but I also wanted to say a massive thank you for really taking it on my book in a, such a beautiful way I I couldn't have hoped that uh, my book would make such an impact that it has on you so I'm incredibly grateful and um, I am super excited to see what's next for you I've written down a few things that I'm going to share uh, after to help you with your dreams because I think sharing your dreams is so powerful so thank you for sharing yours and keep up your work and uh, we will add to the show notes how to um, follow you and be inspired by you or continue being inspired by you so thank you so much Kate oh thank you and Thank you to you for so much of believing in me, you and Paul with the mentoring and everything you've got in your shop. <laughs> My heaven on earth. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. Wow. I just love Kate's strength, honesty and outlook on life, despite the many challenges that have come her way. I really wanted to share her story with you all because I know it will inspire so many people to make the most of their life and create their own dream life, whatever that is. She is an incredible dreamer, a true reminder to live life to the fullest and an example of what can happen when we share our vulnerabilities, 
with the world. I also love that Kate is in the process of writing her memoir and I cannot wait to read it. If you are inspired to start or continue daring to dream in your own life after hearing this episode, my book, Your Dream Life Starts Here, is full of essential and simple steps to help you on your journey of uncovering and chasing your dreams whatever they may be. Another great place to start is to check out my 101 Dreams audio guide at kiki-k.com forward slash dream life. And don't forget, I'm also offering a free five days dare to dream challenge starting on 24th of May 2021 to help kickstart your dreaming process as well. I would love for you to join me. You can find all the details at yourdreamlifestartshere.com. You will find links to this as well as everything we've spoken about in this episode in our show notes. We have so many more inspiring guests lined up for the coming months, so please remember to subscribe so you don't miss any. And don't forget to tell us what you thought by leaving us a review. I love hearing from you and I'm so grateful for all the comments. So thank you so much. Until next time, dream big and do not forget to sign up to the free challenge. I'll see you next week.